can you um, introduce yourself, your name, and your position in Intel? Okay, that's not a problem at all. My name is Thomas Kern. I'm an architect by profession, and I'm the program manager for the Intel Architecture Pathways. Okay, so in your position right now, um, what are the most memorable experiences? Okay, uh, my position of course has changed over years. I had uh, once I started with teaching, so um, um, my engagement with uh, Intu started in 2012. I came from Newcastle University where I had a teaching contribution and um, I started with developing the pre-masters, the graduate diploma and uh, so at the beginning I had a heavy teaching workload. Now my uh, role as program manager today is far more strategic with a lower teaching commitment but I still enjoy and maintain uh, a teaching commitment and I, I, I personally believe that it is um, absolutely crucial to, to maintain contact with teaching, otherwise uh, you possibly lose a bit the understanding and the perspective from a student's end perspective, also from the perspective um, uh, of, of colleagues. So um, thinking about memorable experiences, um, uh, once again there would be a, a wide range, but there's one in particular which I always enjoy uh, telling and that was uh, I call it the station walk tutorial and there was one student who really struggled a lot in design and had difficulties and he asked for a special tutorial and um, it was already a long day and I had to walk down to the station it was about six or seven already and I, I told the student um, okay I don't have any time left but if you want you, you can walk with me down to the station and I will give you further advice on the walk um, and so we did that and I also know that the student never forgot this walk and so we, we were uh, chatting along taking sketchbooks out of our backpacks and discussing design ideas and I gave advice how to improve it until the train arrived and um, what I found so memorable was the student's tenacity and, and uh, the, the student's um, will to improve and to develop. So he, he didn't get, give up when I, when I said my time is, is out. Actually, we looked for ways uh, still somehow to uh, work on further improvement and the very nice thing and the very positive outcome was that the student really improved a lot. And I know that today, I, I think he's doing currently a master degree in Sydney and he already has a place in an architectural firm in Dubai. So basically the investment and the, the time effort from both sides, from him uh, as student and from my side as tutor, absolutely paid off and that is of course highly rewarding. So that's one of, of many stories I could tell. Okay, and I want to know a little bit about your passion and what gets you into architecture? Ha! <laughs> uh, that's an interesting question. I actually had a strong interest in art and design. My parents had an art gallery and I, find it, I found it always hugely exciting um, 
how inspirational, how contextual, how exciting art can be and the various directions of art, you know, whether it's sculpture, whether it's painting, whether it's collage, you know, there are so many ways where you can express what you think, what you feel. And there's absolute freedom, you know, there's no limitation uh, which you have in architecture. Architecture, uh, at the end of the day, has to function, has to work. In art, you know, you haven't got necessarily a purpose, you know, it is up to you, up to the people who look at it, what you make of it. Um, my father was an architect, so I, I, I felt that architecture is, in fact, something very exciting, you know, I remember childhood, I've got some childhood memories, uh, sitting in the office, playing with uh, clay models and so on, and also producing kind of plans. I always admired, you know, that you make a few strokes and later, based on that, of course, you see uh, large-scale physical objects emerging. Um, uh, so. Let's say these were the two, the two lines where, where possibly, you know, which brought me towards architecture. Uh, my father died quite early, so uh, let's say it was not the decision maker. Actually, the decision maker, or what brought me finally to architecture, that I was rejected at, um, at the uh, uh, art school. My portfolio was too architectural, that was the reason. And so I realized that rather uh, trying to get into graphic design or into art, I actually should go with architecture. Mm. And do you have any favorite architecture? Um, that's uh, uh, an interesting question. Once again, you know, I, I can't give a clear answer. I do not have a favorite architect as such. And um, I, I find it also difficult to answer uh, this question because it changes, you know, your inside understanding for architecture changes a bit like fashion, you know, in, in one, one, one phase of your life you like this more and the other you like something else more. But just a, a few thoughts on, on education and architecture. There is one architect, his name is Johanny Palasma, he's a Finnish architect. Uh, um, and I find his thoughts um, very uh, valid. And, and I agree with his many of his thoughts, which he expressed in his book, uh, The Eyes of the Skin. Uh, and basically it has to do with refocusing architecture on its true meaning that it has, uh, uh, sensory quality, and that it should link human to nature. And, um, and also, let's say, uh, standing away from short-lived effects, you know, where you, you know, there's one term which is called the wow factor, you know, that you see uh, a building and that you really are completely taken and surprised and very often, you know, there's not that much depth behind it and sometimes it's just the exterior which possibly looks impressive. So he questioned these things and I, I think it is very important in architectural education that you reintroduce students, in particular in our time today, to their manual abilities, you know, and the wholesomeness uh, of, of your human existence. You know, basically you've got all tools with you. You don't need a phone, you don't need a computer. You've got your brain, your arms, your eyes, and that is absolutely sufficient for design. 
Um, so Johanni Palisma is, is somebody, I think, who in future thinking stands out for me. In future design, I, I would say uh, my teacher, uh, who I enjoyed in Stuttgart for two years, uh, his name is Walter Förderer, a Swiss architect and sculptor. Um, I, I, I found his architecture highly inspiring. When I say highly inspiring, it doesn't mean that I agree with everything or that I, that I necessarily like it, but I just find it highly inspirational. So he designed uh, mainly churches in the 1960s to 1980s in Switzerland, South Germany. Um, and the architecture is, a, is a very different to what we are used to. So it's all, uh, as it was a bit fashion in this period, of course, built of um, solid concrete. But the spatial qualities um, are breathtaking. So being from Switzerland, he designed very much inspired by the mountainous landscape from Switzerland. So the rocks, the boulders, uh, um, the the, uh, the skyline produced by by the mountains and so on. And if you look at his architecture, uh, these qualities is actually what you find in the interior spaces. So the uh, the interior, the spaces inside, are more landscapes rather than simple geometric shapes like this teaching space we are sitting in. So he's clearly somebody. Um, I found really inspiring. And then, you know, in today's architecture, I would mention Peter Suto as somebody who has, uh, from my perspective, and um, I, I think really uh, a very, very fine feeling for materiality, uh, while it's being in future space making, very controlled and, uh, and very earthbound. So I, I think it's a very interesting architecture and an architecture of integrity. Similarly, I like Tadao's Andro, uh, Tadao Andos, which are uh, conference pavilion in Weil am Rhein. I visited that four years ago. And um, it's an architecture which you experience in a different way. You know, it's not an impressive building from the outside, but you go in the inside and you realize how well thought out it is, how how beautiful it is, and the atmosphere generates is something you won't forget. You know, and that is actually what, what makes architecture really special. In view to uh, historic architecture, Charles Rennie Mackintosh is somebody, in particular in our region, which is worth mentioning. I, I, I like the elegance of his design and the fine detail. But, and now I think I finally answer your question, but I have a great respect by the well, less well-known architects, you know. For example, here in the city, there's one uh, colleague, a friend. Um, uh, he's the director of Excite Architecture. It's a smaller architectural firm. And um, just that he managed to keep the company going for quite some time. And also, I think, really remarkable, the uh, contribution he made to the redevelopment here in Newcastle. So I'm, I'm, I think for, for students, what, what I try to do and what we try to do with my colleagues in the program is actually encourage to look um, not just at the, the star architects, the big names, you know, the famous architects, but also really to look at architects who produce the actual 
grain and the structure of the city. These are not the big big names usually, uh, and there's much much to learn from it. Um, so that uh, hopefully answered your question. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to a place that really inspired you in your career as well? Uh, I have been to many inspiring <laughs> places, you know, and uh, there, once again, I, uh, I, one principle I would say is there's never one thing, you, you know, there's not one truth, there's not one architect, there's not one place. Yes, of course, you will have special memories in special in, in, in specific phases of your life where you think, I remember this particular space or place uh, very well, um, and the, I, I could we could sit here for hours, you know, and, and I could tell you many many places I visited which I found really in, inspiring. However, generally, I would say um, my interest um, uh, when when it's about inspiration are not famous buildings at all. So my, my, what I find inspiring is uh, places with, uh, with history, places which tell a story, which are not necessarily beautiful, uh, which are possibly derelict. So I, I find derelict sites, industrial sites, abandoned hospitals, uh, uh, generally ruins, highly inspiring because they tell a story and once you start imagining the story, what once was there, this actually is the basis for projection into the future. So uh, in our region here in Newcastle, I would say uh, that the Oostburn Valley stands out. Uh, uh, it's still close to the city centre. Uh, it was uh, once an industrial hub um, with, with a quite wide variety of industrial uh, businesses and man manufacturing. For example, there were glass works, there was the so-called cattle sanatorium where they shipped cattle to and fro to Scandinavia, uh, then uh, it became a chocolate factory, then there was various foundries and metal works there, uh, there were storehouses and so on. And despite the uh, decline the, uh, of, of industry, of heavy industry, in this region, um, if you go down there, you feel that it's still alive, so it somehow reinvented itself. There are still parts which are not developed yet, which I think provides exactly what I, what I, I think should be there. There should be never anything fin finished, you know, if something is completely finished and everything looks good, you know, there's not much space for inspiration into the future. Uh, so that's... that's um, for me, the principle of um, of an inspiring place that I that, that it tells a story and that there's an opportunity to tell a story into the future. Um, and last question: Do you have any advice for upcoming students that are thinking to take architecture? Yeah, this may be the quickest section. Um, so, what I would say: train your manual skills, sketch daily, draw daily and build models. Then train your observation skills and your contextual understanding. And uh, be aware that architecture always emerges out of context. Never start drawing a building without a site, without the context. And if you start designing, before you start designing, sketch the site, sketch the context and try to understand it. And also, go even further, you know, there are so many layers of 
context that is climatic, geographical, topographical, ecological, then of course highly exciting the cultural, historical, sociological context and further the economic and the political context is of course the, the part we bother the least in education and last but not least of course you've got the urban structure, the urban fabric as we call it, uh, which, um, which you has to have to relate to. So architecture is highly contextual and it is not just about uh, a nice form uh, on a green field. Uh, another one would be train your design skill. So on the one hand, of course, sketch, observe and draw, but also try to design, find solutions, uh, look for problematic sites and think what could happen. Whether it's a small bus stop or whether it's a little shelter or whether it is a small dwelling, uh, there are many ways where you can train your imagination. And finally, I think very important, be curious. So visit construction sites, ask questions, develop your cultural awareness and understanding through research, through reading, you, just to immerse yourself in culture, whatever it is, you know, whether you go to concerts or whether you go to readings or whether you uh, try to understand uh, traditions in a region, that's all part of it. And last but not least, of course, talking to people. That's where you find out um, what people feel about uh, uh, the context of architecture. Thank you very much.